0: Um, so that happened on February 1st, and I was praying about it, and uh, there was a door wide open, and I thought that was the door for me, so I, of course, just very confidently got open the door, so I'm going to march towards it, right? Uh, and the door was shut, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, this is very frustrating, and I was not happy with the big guy, and he's looking down at me at his little tablet, and he can scroll back in time, he can scroll to the future, he sees it all, and he's like, I'm about to bless you right here so hard, and you're here grumbling and cursing me, and that's not very nice, and he could have just reached down and smited me. Smite, smite.
1: Or is it Bad smote? little
0: Christian. Is it smote? S- smote? He would have smote me. Smote me? I don't smot know. Smote me, yeah. He, he could have, but he has grace and he has mercy, <laughs> and then uh, one week after he closed the door, he opened a garage door, and I am now employed somewhere else that's a lot more local than was going to be, so my commute's now t- 10 minutes instead of an hour and 40 minutes, and God blessed me, and he didn't smote me, so Praise amen. the
1: Lord. And... We kept a worship leader, because that's great. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Isn't that the truth? You know, one of, the, one of the challenges in our Christian life is to not get stressed out. Really? You find that? <laughs> and to trust that God's got this? How many of you, how many of you struggle that, to trust that God's got this? Yes. Join the club. But God's got this. Can you hear that? God's got this. And uh, the best thing you can do is chill. Chill. And let the Lord have his way. And he's, it's amazing what he can do. I wanna, so if you're stressed out this morning, actually, today is for you. I've got a good word for you today. I want you to know you're going to get your joy back today. So if you're stressed out, this is for you. Turn to Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to be there in about two seconds. But how many of you are pet owners? Anybody got a pet? Okay, ready? So... We had a dog, I loved my dog, and then she died a couple of years ago, and now I have a cat. And uh, Well, actually, I married the cat lady, so we've always had a cat, as long as we've been married, and now I have this particular cat. And I don't know if you ever ever, um, have these thoughts, and so forgive me if I'm being weird and I freak you out, but sometimes... Sometimes I have these thoughts, have you ever had these thoughts where you wish you could trade places with your pet just for a day, do you ever have that thought? Do you ever look at your pet and you go, man I wish I had your schedule today, wow, like my cat, all he does is wake up, eat, go back to sleep, wake up, stare out the window, sleep, I'm like man what a schedule, that'd be awesome. No responsibilities, purrs a little bit, like fantastic. And then I think, okay, I'm about to horrify some of you, but I think if the zombie apocalypse happened and we were really hungry, we're eating him first, right? That's the way that goes. The chickens come second because at least they give me eggs. But, the, but you know what? Soft and cuddly, you can't eat that. I gotta, I, that's going on the grill first. And then the chickens, one at a time, and that's how that goes. And then we starve to death. And so now that I've horrified all you cat people, I'm sorry. My point is this. Have you ever wished that you could just, like, stop for a day? Just take a day and just do nothing. I got great news for you. Listen to me carefully. The God of the universe has commanded you. To take one day every week and rest. So that if other people come at you and dog you for doing nothing on the Lord's day, you can legitimately respond to them hey, I'm just doing what God told me to do. That's all I'm doing. You're taking a nap? Yeah, God told me to take a nap today. That's what I'm doing. Can you imagine? Friends, doctors tell us that you need eight hours of sleep every day in order to maintain good health. We know that's important for our bodies. And if you ignore it, obviously it catches up to you eventually and you get sick. Even if you think about it, even our electronics need to take a break, don't they? They say you have to actually turn them off sometimes and plug them in because it's good for the batteries or something. I mean, So even your electronics need to take a break. How much more, you and I. So then we come to the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments, and we're in the middle of this series. And there in the fourth commandment, sandwiched between honoring God and not having idols and not taking the Lord's name in vain and not murdering and lying and cheating and stealing and so forth, right there sandwiched in between them is this command where God says, Hey, human race, you, give it a rest. Take a break. I love that. Let's read this. Exodus chapter 20, and uh, I'm going to read verse 8 through 11. It says, God says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. And then I just added this just before the service, Um, over in Exodus chapter 31, if you go a couple pages over to Exodus chapter 31, God says, um, you must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath because it's holy to you. And then anyone who desecrates it is to be put to death. <laughs> Aren't you glad you don't live in the Old Testament anymore? Whew, thank you, Jesus. I would have been smitten or smoten a long time ago had I been living in the Old Testament. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day is to be put to death. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, and this is the verse really Observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a, what does that say? As a what? Lasting covenant. Remember that. In other words, it didn't go out of date. Keeping the Sabbath is not something that uh, suddenly you just don't have to do anymore. It's a lasting covenant. So let's talk about, let's let's look look at, go back to Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. He says, remember the Sabbath day. By keeping it holy. That's interesting. So you're not obeying the Sabbath day. You are remembering the Sabbath day. And what are we remembering? We're remembering the fact that God actually rested. That he took six full days. He worked six days to create the world. And then on the seventh day, God himself took a breather. Now listen to this. God rested and his world didn't fall apart. So I'm pretty sure you and I can rest without the world falling apart. Can you hear that? So God rested. God didn't rest, obviously, because he was tired. God doesn't get tired. That's not. It's not like God was up in heaven with an aching back after six days of creation. Gabriel, man, Mount Everest, really did a number on, you know, that's not, that was not how it went down. God didn't rest because he was tired. God rested because he was establishing a rhythm. He's establishing a pattern for you and for me. Six days you work, seventh day you rest. Rest is a part of how God designed his world. It's a part of the rhythm that God has made life with. Have you ever noticed the rhythm that's in life? Have you noticed the sun You know, the earth goes around the sun, the earth goes on its axis 24 hours a day, 365 days a year around the sun, right? You have evening and morning, sunrise and sunset. There's there's high tides and low tides and then high tides again and then low tides again. There's rhythm in the life that God created, isn't there? You have Sunday and then Monday and then Tuesday and then Wednesday and then Thursday. Am I boring you yet? Friday, you're like, yeah, this is my life. Yes, it is your life. God has designed your life with rhythm and rest is a necessary part Of that rhythm for a healthy life. And God rested to establish that pattern in our lives. The second thing he says here is remember the Sabbath day by doing what? By keeping it holy. So, in other words, I'm not just remembering it, you know, waking up one morning and saying, oh, yeah, a billion years ago, God rested. Okay, move on my day. That's not keeping it holy, to keep something holy means that I set it apart, that I make it special. It's, it's like when my kids were little, if I'm baking cookies for somebody, and my kids, of course, want the cookies, and I say, no, you can't have those cookies because I'm baking them for this person. You see, what I've done is I've made those cookies holy. Literally, I've set them apart, and I've designated them for another purpose, now, I bake cookies for my kids all the time. They can have cookies, just not these cookies. They're set aside. They're, they're holy. They're reserved. And God says, look, you got seven days in a week. Now, one of those days, we're going we're gonna to carve that out this day. And we're going to make this day a special day, a holy day. And that's how we remember the Sabbath that God instituted when he created the world. You go, why do we need a Sabbath? Why is this, what are we doing on the Sabbath? There's three things that I can see in the Bible that we're doing by honoring the Sabbath, by remembering the Sabbath. We're we're demonstrating our freedom, we're renewing our joy, and simply we're resting. We're just literally resting. Sometimes we don't have to have any higher purpose than that right? We kind of get, I don't know about you, but I do. Maybe it's my personality. Like, I always feel like I have to have some big grand purpose for what I do. And sometimes there's no big grand purpose. You're just resting. And I love the, what A.W. Tozer said. If A.W. Tozer is a classic Christian author, old time, one of those old time guys. One of the things that he said was this, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. And that's true. Sometimes that is indeed the most spiritual thing you can do, is lay on the couch and pass out for a half hour. So these three things, let's talk about them real quick. First, we're going to demonstrate freedom. That's the first thing we're doing in the Sabbath. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15, it says this, "'Remember that you were slaves in Egypt.'" And that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. You see how God connected this concept? He says, remember, remember, you were a slave. Remember, I I got you out of that. I got you out of slavery. I set you free with an outstretched arm and a mighty hand. you remember that? And he says, therefore, honor the Sabbath. Here's the deal. Slaves work seven days a week. But you are not a slave. Can you receive that? You do not have to work like A slave into a frenzy seven days a week taking one day off demonstrates your freedom you don't need to work seven days a week there's a new sheriff in town you got a new boss and your new boss says hey my people take a whole day every week and chill you say I can't afford to do that. I mean, you got no idea. i got all these bills to pay. i got so many things I've got to do. I got responsibilities. I've got responsibilities. I've got stress. I've got stuff that's got to get done. I mean, I can't possibly imagine taking a whole day and not doing it. I'm going to get so far behind. I don't mean to sound mean, but let me just ask you this question. Who got you stuck in that trap? So if you're exhausted and uh, if you're tired of the rat race and it's sucking the life out of you, can you please receive this? My Heavenly Father is more than happy to help you get out of it. But it's going to require that you make some changes. And one thing that God is not going to do is he's not going to give you more time. He's already given you 24 hours a day and seven days a week. I can pretty much be positive about this. He is not going to give you 28 hours in a day. If we're mismanaging the time we have, getting more is not going to suddenly solve our management problem. And so, friends, the key is trusting in God's rhythm for life. You know, one of the first ways that you can begin to reorder, you want to know that one of the first ways you can begin to minimize that stress and all this stuff is actually keep the Sabbath. When, When you begin to, you know, Jesus said it this way, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So there is a, 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 um, there is a principle that God has created life with. When we honor him first, we do it as he says to do it, it begins to fall into place. But we got to get the big blocks in place first, and then the little ones get put in place. And this Sabbath thing is a big block. And so if your life is banana cakes, the first step to getting it out of that craziness is to honor the Sabbath. Somehow figure out how to pack everything else you have into the six days. I mean, Monday through Saturday, make them absolutely as crazy as you want them. But then Sunday, right, you take the Sabbath day. Second thing is this. The first, second purpose of the Sabbath is to renew your joy. This is my favorite one. Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 and 14. God says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, look at the promise, next verse, then, then... You will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride on the heights of, in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Do you see that? Wow. Look at those three benefits. Joy in the Lord, triumph in the land, the, re- the Feast On the inheritance of Jacob Whoa You want your joy back? Start keeping the Sabbath You, you, you want to feast a little? Keep the Sabbath You want to find Triumph, victory You kind of find in victory a little short These days Keep the Sabbath Look at the promise I mean I'm You you see, I'm not reading into this, right? It's there in black and white. He's given three promises if you keep the Sabbath. That's remarkable. And we have examples even today in business these days, don't we? I mean, you know the story of Chick fil A, probably. They're pretty well known, they've taken a lot of heat. In the recent years, because the Kathy family who owns Chick-fil-A, they are devout followers of Jesus. And since the very beginning of their business, they've shut their restaurants down on Sundays in honor of the Sabbath. And they have taken a lot of heat for it over the years. But there's one thing that hasn't suffered, the bottom line. Has not suffered. In fact, the more heat they've taken the better their bottom line has looked. It's really amazing how God has blessed that business. And they're just one example. You wanna read the example of interstate batteries? Another one. Car batteries? Owner of that, same deal. How about uh, correct craft? Uh, if If you're a water skier, you ever seen the ski nautique boats? Same thing, same family, a different family, but they love Jesus committed. Matter of fact, there's a powerful story. I would encourage you to look it up at some point, but back in the early days when Correct Craft first began, it was owned, uh, started by a name, named, a man named Walter Maloon, and I love the story. I think the book is called Parting the Waters or something like that, but he, he began building these boats, and then World War II came, and he was commissioned by the United States Navy, as were other manufacturers, to build boats for the military, right? Because everybody got retooled for the war efforts. And so they were, they were the same. The U.S. Navy told Mr. Maloon that he had to keep his factory open on Sundays to build boats for the Navy, and Walt Maloon stood up to the U.S. Navy and said, no, we've never opened our factory on Sundays, and we're not going to start now. Literally, the commander of the U.S. Navy from the Pentagon made a visit to his factory down in Florida at the time, personally demanding that they open their factory on Sunday, and Mr. Maloon refused. When when push came to shove and, and finally the time came, There was a different manufacturer for the engines. He built the boats. Somebody else built the engines. And when that time came, other boat manufacturers, there was some specification that was off, and the engines didn't fit the boats of the other manufacturers, but they fit his. And the commander of the U.S. Navy actually apologized to Mr. Malone for putting pressure on him to keep his factory open on Sundays and said, You're right, I'm laying off. It's amazing, just amazing. You story after story after story after story. My point is you want your joy back. You want to triumph. You want to feast. The Sabbath, the Sabbath, it's not rocket science. One day a week belongs to him. And then the third reason why we do the Sabbath is to rest. Exodus chapter 34, verse 21 says, six days, he says, six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plowing and season and harvest, you must rest. This is an agricultural society. So when were the two busiest times of the year for them? Plowing season and harvest. And God goes, even during the busiest time of the year for you, I want you to take a day off and rest. I wonder, you know, if we're getting something a little wrong because we have a different approach, don't we? We think, oh, I'm so busy. I can't possibly, I can't possibly take a day off. I'm just too, I'm slamming right now. Just way too crazy. Can't do it. I wonder if maybe we're thinking about that wrong. Maybe you're too busy not to rest. Maybe that's how we ought to do it. Instead of too busy to rest, you're too busy not to rest. During the busiest times, honor the Lord. We have this saying that says we make hay while the sun shines, you know? And that's great. But here's what God says. You got six days to make hay. Take one day to lay in it. Let let me me just update, update it since you guys are not farmers. You got six days to make money. You got one day to enjoy some of it. Why not? You know, listen, money can buy you a bed, but it cannot buy you sleep. Money can buy you a house, but it cannot build you a home. Money can buy you a good time, but it cannot buy your friendships, can it? You got six days to make it. One day, enjoy a little of it. Faith is a practical thing, isn't it? Until you practice it, you really don't know if you have it. Ever thought about that with your faith? Can I ask, where in your life are you demonstrating faith right now? The Sabbath is one of the ways in which we can demonstrate faith. There's money to be made. I got bills I got to pay. I got needs I got to meet. Demands I've got to get to. Yep. Do you believe that God's got those under control? Take one day, don't make any money, simply enjoy the money you got. Go out to dinner, put a steak on the grill, grab a glass of iced tea, take a nap, savor it, trust that God can supply for your needs with what you've made in the other six days. Time is a precious gift, is it not? it? God has given each of us the same amount of time every single day. It's really the great equalizer. It doesn't matter who you are. We all got the same amount of time. You're the president, you're the king, doesn't matter if you're the richest person on the planet or the poorest person on the planet. We all got 24 hours in a day. And just like God has said, look at 100% of that money in your pocket is mine and I want 10% of it back. God's done the same thing with your time. He's given 100% of your time Think about it. Your time has all come to you. It's even more than our money. It's more obvious. Has anybody, have any of us earned our time? Every minute of the day is a gift from God, is it not? I haven't done a thing to earn my time. It's a complete gift from God, and yet God goes, look, at, I want one-seventh of it. Give it back to me. And when you honor me with that seventh, I'll bless the other six in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. Joy, triumph, feasting. Think of it this way. Sunday is date day. God wants a date with you each week. After all, God gave you all the days that you have. So he says, look at." spend the other six days, you gotta, you're slamming, you're busy, you're doing all that stuff, that's great, and I want to be with you during those six days, but can we take one day and just make it date day? You, me, Sunday, fun day. We're going to have a, a date day, one day a week. Some people argue against this. Some of you might be arguing with me even now. You like to say, well, Doug, you're being legalistic. I mean, after all, this is Old Testament stuff, and now we live in the New Testament. And, and people like to claim that since the Sabbath is in the Old Testament, that now I don't really have to obey that anymore. And you know what? Thankfully, you're right. If I break the Sabbath, I don't get put to death for that. Like, thank you, Jesus, for that. Okay. But that doesn't mean that the Sabbath is not for me still. I want to remind you of a couple of things, very important things. Remember that the Sabbath is a part of the Ten Commandments, and that the Ten Commandments are moral commands. They're not religious commands. They're not civil commands. They're moral commands, meaning they last for all time. God bless you. And we have, he has, hasn't he? They're moral commands, and the Sabbath is on that list. It's in the same list as not murdering. So if it's still wrong to murder, it's still wrong to break the Sabbath. Unless anybody's interested in changing that, I'd prefer we keep it. Can we take a vote on that? We keep it. Murdering is still wrong. Breaking the Sabbath is still wrong. If someone commits a think about it this way: the breaking the Ten Commandments, they're moral. So if someone commits adultery, that's one of the Ten Commandments, we call that person immoral. And if someone murders, we call that person immoral. Someone who breaks the Sabbath, immoral. Because it's violating a moral command. Not only that, but Jesus kept it. So if God commanded the Sabbath and Jesus practiced the Sabbath, That's a pretty good reason for us to do the same. So let's take a look real quick at how Jesus kept the Sabbath. Can we do that? Because you say, well, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. I'm in the New Testament. I'm a New Testament guy. Jesus guy. Okay, well, how did Jesus do the Sabbath? Let's look at that. First is this. He went to the synagogue. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Can you all read that as was his custom? Everybody. So, in other words, Jesus didn't go like once a quarter or only on Christmas and Easter. Like that'd be kind of funny. Jesus only went on his birthday to, to, to church. That it was his custom to go every week something else that just catches my eye in this scripture verse. It's Nazareth where he had been brought up, and he went to the synagogue as was his custom. In other words, this is his hometown. His mom and dad, Joseph and Mary, took him to the synagogue from the time that he was a baby all the way up. This, it was where he was brought up. His parents had a Part to do with that can I just speak to you moms and dads for a second you know we we teach our kids these important things in life and we train them we're, we're told we have to train our children right mom dad is training your child fun sometimes when you train your child you're not the popular one are you but you do what's right in your home because you're training them you're the adult in the home and you don't let the inmates run the asylum. You know, you're the one that's in charge. And so you, you have a vision. You know where you're leading your family. And I train my children. I train them in oral hygiene. I make them brush their teeth. I make them eat their vegetables because that's a good thing. They need to learn how to eat. It's healthy for you. I make sure they don't watch too much TV because that's not healthy for them. I want them to be, you know, we do these things as parents, don't we? We train our children. And then when it comes to church, we say, oh, I don't really want to force them. You understand that as a parent, more is caught than taught. And so you're giving a very important lesson to your child in that moment. You're saying, hey, I'll force you to brush your teeth. I will fight you tooth and nail to make you brush your teeth. But when it comes to honoring Jesus, that's okay. You don't want to send the wrong message, moms and dads. Your job is to train them. Jesus was brought up, thankfully, with a mom and dad. Took them to the synagogue every Saturday, every Sabbath. And then as an adult, here's Jesus again in the synagogue As was his custom, it says. Now, we're gonna talk in a minute about why, about why we don't meet on Saturday mornings. But for that, Jesus, Saturday morning to the synagogue. Second thing that Jesus did on the Sabbath was he did good on the Sabbath. I would encourage you to read Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. The whole passage is really, really, really rich. Um, But here, I'll give you the, the story for the sake of time. Jesus is, it's the Sabbath, and he's at the synagogue again. And there's a guy in the synagogue with a withered hand. And Jesus heals the man with the withered hand. And the religious leaders of the synagogue, they get all upset with Jesus. They tell him, hey, there's six days, six days to get healed. Come on the Sabbath, we rest. You know, they were all snooty with him, Right? And then Jesus reminds them of this law that was on their books. He goes, look it, on the Sabbath, you have a law that says if your donkey falls into a ditch, you can pull it out. Shouldn't I also heal this guy? So he completely highlighted their screwed up priorities You're saying a donkey in a ditch is more important than a guy that needs to be healed? And then Jesus comes to this conclusion in verse 12. Jesus says this Therefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. It's lawful to do good. If there's one day a week you're going to do something good, it ought to be the Sabbath. Lawful to do good. So, you know, other days you're busy. You're crazy. You got a full schedule. Kids are going here, there, house chores, a lot going on, man. You got a lot, you got a lot of stuff. But on the Sabbath, it's a good day to help somebody out. Driving down the road, somebody got a flat tire. Why not pull over and help them? You don't have anything else to do anyway. You feel feel the need to bake cookies for your neighbor or something? Why not? You're taking the day off. You're chilling. You can bake them some cookies. See what I mean? Sabbath. Jesus says it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. It's the the one day. Doing a good deed is completely a good thing. To quote Jesus, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then the third way that Jesus approached the Sabbath was he approached it as a gift Mark chapter 2, verse 27, Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, God gave this to you. It's a a gift. And, And obviously, you can receive it or you can reject it, but it's a gift. So the question for you and me this morning is, do you receive the Sabbath? Do you receive that the God of the universe has said to you, hey, I want you to take a breather one day a week, take a break. Can you receive that or do you reject it? But just know that the Sabbath is not a rule. It's not a law for you. It's not a, there's no, there's no big s- stick in heaven smacking you around if you don't keep the Sabbath. It's a gift. And obviously you are benefited by receiving the gift. It's, it's completely in your hands and my hands. So we see the Sabbath being practiced and taught by Jesus. We see also the early church practicing the Sabbath. And I'll just very quickly hit this. You go, why do we meet on Sunday mornings and not Saturdays? Because that's when Jesus would have gone to church. He would have gone on Saturdays. So why don't we go on Saturdays? Truth is, you could, I guess, if you wanted to. But here's what happened. The book of Acts, you can see this, and I put, the past, I put the scriptures down for you in your outline so you can look them up. But in the book of Acts, we see a change happening with the early church. You know, the first Christians were Jews, and they were Jews who began to follow Jesus. And so, of course, for them, it was very natural to just continue honoring and remembering the Sabbath on Saturday as they were accustomed to doing, Right? and they worshiped Jesus and celebrated Jesus. They gathered together on Saturday, and that certainly is when they did. But then, as more and more Gentiles began to come into the church, and by the way, I'm pretty sure all of us in here are Gentiles, because to the Jew, you're Jewish or you're everybody else, and everybody else were Gentiles, So unless you're Jewish, you're a Gentile in here. I think that's most of us, right? So when Gentiles began to come into the church, for us, the Sabbath being a Saturday wasn't a big deal. But for us, the big deal was Sunday because that's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And Sunday, the first day of the week, came to be known as the Lord's Day. The early church called it the Lord's Day, and they gathered together on the first day of the week, on Sunday, to remember the resurrection of Jesus and to celebrate that, and we see different references to it, and then you come, I just wanted to highlight especially Revelation chapter 1 verse 10, the Apostle John says, it was the Lord's Day, and I was in the Spirit, and he, here's John on the island of Patmos, it's a Roman work camp. He's an old man. He's there because of his faith in Jesus Christ, and they're hoping he dies. It's a rock quarry. They're literally trying to work the guy to death, which is amazing. He survived it, but he did. He survived the island of Patmos. So there he is. He's working. Now remember, he's a slave at that point. So it's the Lord's day, but he no doubt had work to do. But he still managed to take time as a slave, as a guy in a rock quarry working for Roman taskmasters, managed to take time to pull aside, to honor Jesus, to pray, to worship, right? He says, it's the Lord's day, and I was in the Spirit. So we see the example here, set by Jesus, set by the early church, that the Sabbath It's Saturday or Sunday, for them historically Saturday, for you and I Sunday. It's a day to come together, to honor God together, to worship Jesus and remember His resurrection. Every Sunday we gather together, we actually celebrate the fact that our Lord, every Sunday is Easter Sunday for us, every Sunday. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. We do that together. Maybe look to do some good. Help out somebody, bake a few cookies, go to the hospital, whatever. Or take a nap. That's always an option on a Sunday. Who doesn't love a Sunday afternoon nap? Come on. Can I get an amen? And the God of the universe actually said to do it. So... That's even better. Get a capital Amen. God says, take a nap. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Right? I mean, of all the commands in the Bible, this ought to be the easiest one to live out. I'm really good at sleeping. Man. So he says, take a nap, rest. He says, why not enjoy? You got six days to make money. Enjoy some money on the seventh day. Take your take your girl out to lunch hang out with some friends, catch a movie, do something, enjoy, relish God's goodness in your life. And then Monday morning, crack a dawn, hit the rat race and get at it another six days and work, 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 work and no, Saturday night comes around, tomorrow, yes, the Lord's day. I rest. You see the pattern? Friends, it's a gift. Um, where, can you guys come and close us out? It's, it's a gift, my friends. I hope that you've not heard anything heavy-handed on my part. I, 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 want, I want you to receive this for what it is for you and me. It's a gift. And God intends to bless you with a day to take a chill pill. And that's why my question to you is this. You want your joy back? Keep the Sabbath. It's God's recipe for getting your joy back. Take a breather. Because working and working and working and working and working and working, it only stresses you out and sends you to an early grave. (laughs) And it pulls you away from God. I mean take a day and reconnect reconnect with God reconnect with your loved ones and enjoy his blessings in your life it's so good such a good thing so can we just thank you Lord can we just thank the Lord this morning thank you Lord for this gift I'm amazed that you uh, tell me to take a whole day off so sign me up I'm in Lord I thank you for this gift that you've given to us. You're so good, Father. Wow, you're so good. You're so good. (sighs) Thank you. I think, you know, God, uh, religion drives me to a frenzy, doing and doing and doing. And the world certainly drives me to a frenzy, doing and doing and doing and doing. And then you... Step in and say, Take a day off. Thank you, Lord. I received that today. In Jesus' name, amen.